What it do, baby? Welcome to another episode of Patty Melt Boys MBA Pod. Ben and Matt are back. John pretty much uh, tendered his resignation. <laughs> from, He's a quitter. From my understanding. He said he'll come on every once in a while, but he is he's not not into being on every week like Ben and I. So uh, it's mostly been Ben and I anyway, so it's all good. Uh, John is still a Patty Melt Boy. Our last little segment today, a little teaser for all of our listeners out there. We're going to rank our top 10 players. Now, this was John's idea. So I said, you got to get on the pod. And he said, I'm done. So <laughs> you, you could kind of say John is like the uh, 76ers of the patio oh. boys, like kind of just wanted to go home. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> So uh, the 76ers are not one of the, well, we're actually going to get into a little bit of 76ers talk later, but of course we are going to start with the NBA finals. Ben, did you see this? Did you hear about this? Uh, Fill me in. Okay. So last night, game six, final score of 106 to 93, the Lakers defeated the Heat to win the series and the NBA championship. Very impressive showing by the Lakers. Fairly impressive by the Heat with how injured they were, I would say. Uh, kind of a bummer that this didn't go seven. My prediction was Lakers and seven on our last pod, Ben. Yours was Lakers and five. So together, we nailed this. Right Lakers in between. And six. Yeah, seven games. Always nice to go to seven games unless you're a fan because it's stressful as hell. But this would have been a nice series to go seven. But this Lakers team is super solid. I'm sure you've seen this stat by now, Ben, but it's crazy and um, considering our Nuggets team seems to relinquish leads fairly often, uh, even when they're up by like, you know, 15 to 20, I'm never, I'm never really satisfied until the final buzzer goes off. Uh, this yeah. stat to me is extremely impressive. It's been all over the internet, but it's crazy. The Lakers were 57 and 0 this season when going into the fourth quarter with a lead, no matter what size lead <laughs> they were 57 and 0. Yeah. That's pretty dang impressive. So, I don't know. What were your thoughts? I, I was glad Dwight Howard got pulled because, you know, screw that guy. Uh, you were saying last night, um, was it two nights? It was just last night. Man, 2020. I tell you, I can't get time. I can't get the time right. Um, you were saying last night on our text chain, I believe, that like you like LeBron. I'm in the same camp as you like LeBron, happy for him. But like you can't really stand a lot of the other players on this team. Yeah, I mean, so. I I do like LeBron a lot. I appreciate what he does uh, on the court, off the court. He's pretty impressive. Um, AD, you know, he's okay. I kind of feel a little bit like this championship is kind of like the KD championships in Golden State where, um, you know, he joined up with a greater team uh, to, to get it, to get the job done. And a guy that really hadn't had much success at all in the playoffs on his own. Um, so, you know, he's okay, but yeah, the rest of the Lakers and just the Lakers franchise in general, like, I don't know. I I just, uh, I just have a hard time dealing with them. And then, yeah, you got guys like, I'm sorry. I just don't, I'm not a KCP fan. (laughs) Um, you know, not an Alex Caruso fan as we've documented (laughs) on this pod before, Definitely not a Dwight Howard fan. I don't know if there's any Dwight Howard fans out there anymore, including his like family. Um, I don't. I don't think his teammates fans. like him. I don't think his current teammates like him. I know his former teammates don't like him. 
I used yeah. to think Dwight was a pretty damn fun guy. Back when he was in Orlando, I was a Dwight fan for sure. But, yeah, that seems like a long time ago, though. Um, definitely so was. So, yeah, I mean, just not, to me, not a very likable team, not a very likable franchise, especially since I think, you know, what's hard about this title for me is that the Lakers franchise basically did everything wrong for the last five or six years. years they drafted terrible they signed terrible free agents um and frankly i think it it goes to how good lebron is because he just kind of bailed them out um he does this, this everywhere he happens goes. at all without other LeBron, than with so. other than with miami he does this wherever he goes right he yeah. kind of takes i mean that cleveland the 2016 team they had kevin love and kyrie irving right but like he just kind of seems to always, not always, but a lot of the times that he's made it to the finals, he's got t- kind of a ragtag bunch of, bunch of guys around him. And somehow yeah. it, it, they, by the end of the year, by the time the playoffs roll around, he, they're fitting together fairly nicely. I don't know. Like, remember when we were talking about the Nuggets coming into the series, I was like, man, their bench doesn't scare me. The Nuggets mm-hmm. bench is way better than their bench. But they had a couple guys step up. Um, I, I do like Danny green. I don't think he deserved death threats before this last (laughs) game. Like he was getting apparently and his fiance was getting death death threats. Uh, Hey, Lakers fans, chill the fuck out. Um, (laughs) you know, I, I kind of, so I heard this take earlier today. One of the DNVR guys, uh, Adam Mares said this, and he said that if this were, if the nuggets had won a championship this way, like the way the Lakers did. They go out and get like LeBron and then he recruits one of the best basketball players. And other than that, you know, it takes like a year to put together and then they just win the championship that he wouldn't have been very satisfied with this. If I were a Nuggets fan, never winning a championship before, I would be satisfied. But I kind of get what he's saying. Um, Whereas you could make the argument with like all those Kobe teams. Yeah, they like traded for Pal Gasol. Uh, you know, like traded for some little pieces around Kobe. But Kobe was, I know he was a draft night trade, but he's basically a homegrown guy. They traded for Shaq when he was already a stud, but he was pretty young. That seemed mm-hmm. less like, let's just go out and buy a championship than this team did. Um, yeah. This was a pretty bot thing. And I know there's no, if you're winning a championship, there's technically no wrong or right way to do it. But uh, this was the wrong way to do it. <laughs> I think that's. I mean, I... yeah, I I can I think I appreciate that. Like like you said, if the Nuggets were to do this, I would be thrilled and happy. But, but there is like, yeah, they can't, um, and very few teams can. And I think like there is a certain joy in watching your guys. Like it's I don't know the joy I got from watching Jamal Murray like take off in the playoffs this year. Yeah. Is, is like a different kind of joy that you wouldn't get with that sort of situation. For so. sure. Not at all. Um, so I do want to give LeBron some damn respect here real quick, Ben. He, he really wants his damn respect. Uh, LeBron in the playoffs, number one in playoff games played in NBA history, number one in minutes played in NBA playoff history, and he's never missed a playoff game. I heard on the Bill Simmons podcast, I don't know if this was an estimate or the real or the actual like dead on number. He's played in 260 playoff games and never missed one. That's more than three seasons worth of playoff games. I mean, that's why we said like, I, I'm, I'm not hating on LeBron here at all. Um, I think he does have his respect. I think the lack of respect thing for him 
all year with like the hashtag washed king and like revenge season stuff. I think it's just like a motivating factor for him. Um, I know personally, he said in an interview, I think on, I don't know, one of his shows maybe after he won the championship in 2016 with Cleveland, that that cemented him in his mind as the greatest of all time. Um, A lot of people, I don't think thought that maybe that's why he thinks there's a lack of respect, but I mean, I I kind of like talking about the uh, the goat conversation here, Ben. Um, I think maybe why people so obviously Jordan has the impeccable six and zero record in the finals. I saw yep. LeBron is now four and six. It's still impressive as hell. And like we talked about, not all those teams were very good. One of the years, you know, I think two or three of the losses came against those Warriors teams, which are a dynasty. Yeah. Uh, uh, one of those years, both Kyrie and Kevin Love were hurt pretty much the whole time. I mean, he has gone up against some juggernauts a couple times. He was very young. And then there were a couple series when he flat out didn't show up, but he was pretty young too. Um, yeah. I guess where, where does this put LeBron now in this GOAT conversation? I think a lot of people would also say you've won with three different franchises. That's cool. But Jordan yeah. was with one the whole time. You know, and six and zero versus four and six. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I'm with you. Like, I, this is the conversation. I think you. I think it's appropriate to have it again now. I know it kind yeah. of annoys some people, but I think it's appropriate. And as listening to the uh, low post Brian Windhorse podcast after uh, Game Six uh, the other day, yeah. And I think um, Zach Lowe kind of had made the point pretty eloquently that like, look. If you are uh, measuring, if your metric is kind of longevity and like, you know, uh, you know, overall resume, I think LeBron has the case now. Um, Like you said, 10 finals, um, he's, you know, four and six in those. But as you said, like he he went up against the Golden State team that was a dynasty and one of the greatest ever. And he won one of those. He went up against the Spurs franchise that like, I can't remember if it was the 2013 or 14 season, but, um, you know, the way the, that team was playing with multiple Hall of Famers on it and, you know, their style play was pretty amazing. And, yeah, he's done it with three different franchises. I mean, three seasons of NBA playoff games, like, of overall kind of complete resume, I think he has the best there is. I think if you look at peak. Yeah, um, this is what I wanted to talk about. Peak, you know, it's. I think Jordan still got it. He is six and zero, and but it it was a shorter. It was it's a shorter resume for sure. Yeah, definitely. So so I wanted to get into the peak versus career thing too, because that was something that John and I had discussed um, Friday when I saw him, and I wanted to talk about it here with you too. And I kind of agree with you. The peak, I think, goes to Jordan. Now, when you start talking career. Listen, you can make the argument either way. I'm not going to completely disagree with it either way, but for me personally now, and also this is with the bias of me being a little bit, you know, I saw Jordan when I was a kid, but Jordan, you know, LeBron, I've seen the whole thing. I think career now, uh, and he's still writing as like his, his career is still in the works here. Um, And when you talk about goat, I think it's pretty, obvious to most people that like Tom Brady is the goat as a quarterback. Um, 
he has lost in a few different Super Bowls. Like getting two Super Bowls counts for something. Getting to an NBA yeah. championship counts for something. LeBron's been there nine out of the last 10 years and he's been there 10 times overall. It's insane. And I think by the time I've been hearing a lot of talk about this lately too on podcast, by the time LeBron's done, I mean, he's probably going to be the all-time leader in points in the NBA too. He's going to set a bunch more records before he's done. So I want to talk about um, how much time does LeBron actually have left when he signed this Lakers deal? It was a four-year deal, I believe. He's he's through half of it. But a lot of people, I remember kind of thinking, uh, or a lot of people were thinking back then, he's going to do four years with the Lakers. That lines up when when his son is going to be, lines up with when his son's going to be entering the league, and then he's going to go play with his son wherever his son gets drafted. Maybe that's still true, but either way, how many more years does he have left? Because he doesn't look anywhere near done. He's still the – I mean, we'll go over our rankings later. I'll Spoiler alert, he's my number one. He's still the best player in the league. He's 35, 36 years old. Yeah, no, I was just Googling to, to see how old he was. 35. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean – Him and Paul it, Millsap, I'll tell you who looks better. <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert, Paul Millsap, not in my top ten. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> Um, Love yeah, Paul, I mean, he's incredible LeBron. I mean, just his longevity and also, I mean, he, like his ability to do it the highest level for this long is, is really insane. Um, I don't know. I mean, I like, you know, you keep kind of thinking like, oh, he's gonna, you know, like fall off this year, but like, he hasn't really, I mean, he's like, not at his peak, obviously, but I feel like he's still just performing at a really high level, the highest level in the league. I, I'll agree with you on that. And Any, so I don't know. I'll give him three or four more years before I think I'm even going to start, you know, guessing about his decline. Yeah, you're probably right there. I mean, he's going to finish out this contract and then he's probably, unless some freak injury happens, like with the Achilles with Kobe, like something that really slows him down for like a full year. I mean, he's in peak physical shape. He's also just like, by pretty much anybody's uh, standards, the smartest player in the league. And yeah. I think he has been for a while. I, I think I saw that he was on uh, Sports Center with Scott Van Pelt last night, and he said 35-year-old him would absolutely kill 27-year-old him in basketball. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of that, he's not as athletic as he was, obviously, but he's, he's all around more skilled, uh, and I think he's just smarter. It's kind of like the, uh, the old man ball at the Y. You know, where like a lot of times these these teams with these older guys, 50 year old guys are just dominating like 25 year olds because they just like, I don't know how they do it. Old guys are just maybe a little bit better at basketball than a lot of time. Not better, but I don't know. Somehow, you know, it, it seems to be a real just thing. Wiley. Those Wiley yeah, veterans. That's true. Wiley vets. Uh, I do want to talk about next year real quick. I I can't help but think. The Lakers are going to be just as good, if not better. Are they? I I know Vegas says they already are. Are they the Are they the favorites to win the title next year? I don't think a PG team can do it. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I, all the power rankings and odds that I've seen come out so far put the Lakers uh, at the top, and yeah. I think that's that's right because I, you know I mean they'll have their two centerpieces, LeBron and AD, and I think they can probably upgrade the supporting cast. Um, you yeah. know, I, I think there's some talk about like what the cap situation is going to be. And 
Um, it's I in think, flux. Yeah, it's in flux, and it might be the situation where a lot of guys want to just do a one-year deal um, and want to make, like, you know, some veterans might want to, you know, win a championship or have a good shot at winning a championship. So, and I think the way the Lakers filled out their roster was with a bunch of one-year deals. Um, yeah. So they'll have a lot of options, I think. So, yeah, I think For the sure. Lakers are the favorite. It's also one of those years. I mean, every every single free agency class has these players, right? But it's it's a year with a lot of fringe, like, good players, but no stars. Yeah. So, like, there's there's absolutely no talk of the Lakers making, like, a big splash in free agency. But mm-hmm. they obviously don't have to either. There's just a lot of really quality guys. I think uh, the other contenders, it's got to be Milwaukee. They're going to swing for the fences. They're already the best team in the league regular season the last two years. They're going to swing for the fences because they're going to try to keep Giannis around. They're going to be better than they were this year. Maybe not regular season record. This is what I'm excited about with the Nuggets, too, who I also think will be a quote-unquote contender. Um, I think the Nuggets are in a position, just like the Lakers will be next year, just like the Clippers will be next year, to kind of – you don't have to try to win every single game. You can kind of experiment with lineups a little more so that by the mm-hmm. time you get to the playoffs, you're, you, uh, you know, kind of what works and what doesn't. And like, Oh, did this, did this lineup or this particular defensive scheme that we used twice this year? And it was effective, although in very few minutes, is that something that we can break out against this team? I've also heard some talk and this is 100% true. I think the Lakers are the clear title favorites now now you have that team to kind of build to like build your roster around to beat yeah so it's like how how Houston did a really good job of specifically building their teams to beat Golden State and they didn't quite do it they should have that one year but they didn't quite do it um so I think I think they're while the Lakers are the favorites and I think heavy favorites they're gonna be you know there's some people coming for the crown yeah, uh, the the Heat. Jimmy says they're going to be back. Let's talk Heat a little bit. I think Jimmy absolutely solidified his superstar status with this run, this legendary run for him. I think a lot of people are very impressed with him. What was the biggest thing about the Heat that impressed you, or didn't impress you? Maybe you weren't impressed at all. No, I mean you. Ha- I mean I don't think. I think we maybe talked about how we felt like this was a, a likable Heat team uh, going yeah. into our playoff preview and how we thought, you know, maybe they could make some noise. I don't think any of us thought they were going to get to the finals or maybe John or somebody. I don't remember. But uh, John, John, just because of Jimmy, I don't think pressed that John would have actually picked them to wake into the finals. Yeah. But I mean, I think what impressed me the most was their young guys. Uh, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, um, not Kendrick Nunn. Um, no. But, uh, you know, they have like, and uh, Bam, of course, too, like, those guys, yeah, he's young. those guys are all pretty young. Uh, we saw them in summer league just uh, a summer ago. Um, yeah. And, but they, they, you know, they had some jitters, especially Duncan Robinson in some games, but in other games they showed up pretty big. Um, and those guys are going to be around for a while and Jimmy's going to be around for a while. And so, yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like they maybe need another, superstar maybe it's that's one of those guys developing into a you know a full-blown superstar maybe they go and get one pat riley's pretty good at that but i think the young guys that's what impressed me most about them yeah the young guys definitely so i was bummed for goran dragic as well i'm glad he was able to come back a little bit last night though he was clear clearly hobbled 
He's a free agent. Um, I, I haven't heard recently, but I saw something two or three weeks ago about it's very likely he goes back there and they're going to want him for sure. Um, so one thing that you said that popped out to me here, Ben, they lost, but is this a good consolation prize? According to our boy, KOC of The Ringer, front office executives believe the Heat will be the NBA's top destination for the quote-unquote next star with a wandering eye. So you might be right. Maybe they're if they're a superstar away, they're definitely a superstar away, right? Jimmy so. Bam and Player X. Jimmy Bam and Player X. Those are like both Jimmy and Bam are both like solid two-way players, like really good two-way players. I mean, who's the next star with a wandering eye? Could it be Giannis? He's already been linked to like Toronto and Miami. Yeah. What about Bradley Beal? What about Cat? I don't like Cat, but he's pretty good. <laughs> Like who else? Like Simmons is Simmons eventually going to be on the move with with their situation up there? And Bead, Paul George is always looking for the next great thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, a- Gian- Giannis is definitely the one that comes to mind. I mean, he's been linked to Miami and Toronto, and uh, frankly, Miami just made a great case because I, I think Giannis is a player that just really wants to win. And uh, yeah. Miami made a heck of a case that like, hey, you come here and. Uh, We'll show you. We'll we'll win a title with you. Um, and boy, that would be a very tough team with surround. You know, Giannis and Jimmy with the shooting of Duncan Robinson and Hero and oof and Bam yeah. down low. That's that's pretty rough. Oof. Yeah, and listen. Uh, what's I'm I'm blanking on the name of the coach for the Bucks right now. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, <laughs> I know his face. Damn it! Yeah, I can picture uh, former Hawks right now. coach. Yeah, Budenholzer. Budenholzer. Coach Bud. Obviously, I think Coach Bud is okay, but like, put Giannis on a team with Jimmy Bam and Eric Spolstra. Yeah, you're gonna do all right. And may I suggest, especially with the treasure trove of players you have, I'm sure, I'm sure that the Heat, they're rumored to get. Giannis, I'm sure, because uh, they already are in a position to, if they need to, be in a cap position to sign him in free agency. Don't trade away a bunch of these young guys for Giannis. I mean, it would probably be worth it, but, yeah. I mean, keep those young guys around him because Giannis needs shooters around him. That's what he needs because yep. he's not a shooter. I, I mean, he's definitely he's definitely got to add something to his game, but, man, Giannis would be incredible down there. As long as some of these guys go or stay in the East, I'm cool with it. Right. I don't want anybody else. I don't mean to be that guy that's saying, like, that we don't want you around here. <laughs> like, I, you know, but yeah, that sounds bad conference. in some contexts. Yeah, but, like, get out of this. We don't want you in our conference. Uh, I want to talk about the bubble real quick and how successful it was. Ben, I don't know if you remember this. Uh, when When they first decided on going down there and there was that 113 page memo that was sent out initially there's a lot of skepticism about people saying that there weren't enough details on the testing and the safety measures and all this stuff is about ping pong and like uh no doubles in ping pong and where you know you can't play jenga with too many people whatever the rules were there is a lot of skepticism and i'd be lying if i thought that there wouldn't be any cases in the over i think it was 106 days that people were down there like including some like the staff and stuff down there this is really impressive the nba again best league i mean there's no doubt about it 
This, I mean, I'm just very impressed. I know everybody on Twitter is saying the same thing, but I want to talk about it too. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of amazing, right? If you uh, implement like a comprehensive testing, like regimen, huh. masks, like social distancing, you can kind yeah. of like take the virus down to a level where like you can have normal life again. Um, yeah, go Kind figure. of almost a model for a country, if anybody's paying attention. But uh, you could say, yeah, I mean, just it is pretty impressive, honestly. I think when we were doing like the when we first found out about the bubble and stuff, like I'm sure I said something like there will be like positive tests, you know, like I, I think I just yeah. assumed there definitely would be. So to have zero, um, you know, kudos to like Adam Silver, but also like all the players the media, everybody was down there that like, you know, everybody played their role because it only would take yeah. one person not. Um, but yeah, pretty impressive, pretty impressive that they did it and that they sort of brought attention to social justice issues too. Um, and I think too, as you more and more like, you know, it seems like NFL games are get postponed and the Rapids uh, in MLS, I feel like they haven't played in two weeks because their games keep getting yeah. postponed and stuff. Like you have to wonder if you, if you're a commissioner of those leagues, you know, and at least if you can get to the playoffs, whether you think like maybe you should be heading into sort of a bubble type atmosphere like the NBA did. Why not? Once you get to a playoff situation, even baseball who are traveling all year, I don't know the exact bubble situation for them, but I've noticed that a lot of the playoff games are in like the same stadiums and i i hope that's true what i'm saying but i'm pretty sure i saw that some games were being played at dodger stadium and it wasn't a game for, i know the dodgers are still in it but it wasn't a dodgers game so i think the mlb now that they made it to the playoffs are doing some sort of like at least hybrid bubble mm. so maybe that it maybe that is uh i mean the nba has a good blueprint here for for how to do things and I mean, I'll be honest, I don't think the NBA is going to do next season in a bubble. So this yeah. might be the only time and, and maybe the NBA will have a lot of the same issues that all these other leagues are having when they do start up, hopefully in, you know, January, like they're hoping again soon. But uh, I don't know. And you made a great point about the social justice initiatives. I think everybody there did a really good job with that. Um, players, coaches, really magnifying everything. And then the basketball was great. There's a lot of talk about ratings being down. Guess what, people? Ratings are down for every sport. I mean, the people got a lot going on right now. Yeah. And when you're going up against other a bunch of other sports all at the same time, your ratings are going to be a little low. They don't want to talk about the the some of the games earlier in the bubble that were some of the highest rated games the NBA's had in the last few years. So they can nitpick all they want, but the basketball has been great. Luca Magic happened down in Magic Kingdom. I mean, he had that big buzzer beater. Murray versus Mitchell with each of them both scoring two 50-point games in the same series. Jokic, Murray, and the Nuggets coming back from 3-1 twice. I mean, the Celtics versus the Heat. Uh, what about the 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 uh, uh, Ananobi shot with 0.5 seconds left to, oh, to right. not go down 3-0? In the past. I mean, Jimmy yeah. – yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Buckets, Giannis and the Bucks went home early again. A lot of hap a lot happened in the in seems, this seems like six months ago for some of that stuff. Jeez. It was it was three it was two and a half months of basketball and like three months that these guys were down there. The Phoenix I think Suns the going down undefeated. There. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> How could we forget about the Phoenix Suns? Shout out Phoenix Suns. <laughs> But yeah, I just wanted to I just wanted to talk about the bubble quick. And I think it's a one I mean, 
hopefully a once in a lifetime thing. Um, it'll never be forgotten. The champ, I know that there's no going against crowd, you know, uh, uh, away crowds in the finals and stuff like that, but it's a completely legitimate uh, championship. Congrats to the Lakers and their fans, I guess. Man, poor fans. They had to go through 10 years of no championships. That's pretty rough. You know who else went has gone uh, a lot longer without a championship is the Clippers. And two or three weeks ago now, they fired Doc Rivers. Less than 24 hours later, he was on a plane to Philly for, for an interview for their head coaching position. And wouldn't you know it, Ben, the 76ers hired Doc to be their new head coach Last Thursday now, or did I write this last week? Was it two Thursdays ago now? I don't know. Uh, I think it was um, last Thursday. Last Thursday, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Okay. As we talked about earlier, I lose track of time with everything that's going on. So we talked about this in in the past. uh, The leader in the clubhouse for the Sixers job for a while there seemed to be Mike D'Antoni. And then, you know. The talk about Harden going there maybe because of the D'Antoni connection uh, seems to be maybe going away now. I'm very intrigued again. I don't think this was a slam dunk job. Doc said it was a slam dunk job because of the the top end talent they have on the team. Is Doc the right guy here? We've been talking about this puzzle. How are you going to make this team fit? The expectations are going to be high. These two, their two stars are really good. Yeah, I mean it's an interesting hire, and that I think Doc is a, a good coach. Um, but I think what he's best about is like meshing personalities, getting his guys, you know, up to play and stuff. I I don't always think he's like the best X's and O's type coach, and I kind yeah. of feel. I mean, I think there are some chemistry issues with the Sixers, but I think the biggest issue is just. How do you, as we've talked about on this pod before, how do you get, you know, these two guys with seemingly like incompatible um, player traits to play together? And so, like, I don't really know that Doc is the guy to solve that. Um, it's I think it's a tough puzzle to crack, but he wouldn't be my pick. Um, but I mean, he's he's not a he's a good coach, so we'll see. He's well respected. Players like him, I know that. Um, I'm sure MPJ would have liked him if he was on their team. But, Ben, you you told me about this. Where did you hear about the MPJ argument and how it might have gotten Doc fired? Yeah, um, I can't remember which podcast this was on, but apparently uh, Steve Ballmer kind of in the – because there was talk kind of initially once the Clippers went out about like, oh, you know, who's on the hot seat? Is he going to get rid of Doc? And uh, initially he kind of like settled down, I guess, and then kind of spent a week just fuming. And one of the real points of contention was that his front office and the Clippers have like a very expensive front office. And these guys he was paying a lot of money to had told him and a doctor had told him like, no way we can't draft MPJ. Well, Ballmer, I guess, had has some sort of connection, had known MPJ from washington state i guess before and so this this was like a real kind of um burr for him that like just kept bothering him that you know he was watching mpj kind of light up the clippers at different points and uh both the clippers guys that they drafted over are no longer with the team and so i that was it was said that that was one of the points that um led to the firing that he's he thought you know I, you know, I'm paying all this money. I could have seen this guy was good. 
and these guys told yeah. me not to take him. So, I mean, there's got to be a fall guy, right? And I don't know if Doc's the right guy. We will see. Um, but yeah, the MPJ thing, it makes even more sense when you consider, like a lot of people know, for those that don't, in that draft when MPJ got picked uh, 14th overall by the Nuggets, I believe the Clippers had the 11th and the 13th pick. So not only did they waste either that or like the 12th and 13th pick, they had two picks pretty close to where he ended up getting drafted. Shea Gilgis Alexander, great pick. But the other one was Jerome Robinson. Uh, I don't know where he's at now. He's in DC. Hey, shout out Jerome, shout out DC. But I, I think it makes, uh, I mean, I know that's not the only reason, but it's it's pretty funny, and I guess I can't completely blame Balmer for being pissed about that decision. Yeah, I mean, or, uh, it's a little bit of fun for Nuggets fans that, like, not only yes. did you knock him out uh, and come back from being down 3-1, but you, like, re- like it caused enough pain there that people <laughs> got fired. Yeah, exactly. That's, uh, what what were they ca- calling a playoff P, layoff P? <laughs> I hadn't heard and way off P for hitting. Yeah, way off P for hitting the side of the backboard <laughs> in that game seven and lay off P because Doc got let go. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that is a little fun. Um, Denver's Wes Unsell Jr. He's been kind of a hot name in the, in the, uh, as far as assistant coaches go for some of these open head coaching positions. He interviewed for head coach openings in Houston and with the LA Clippers. So, we're going to talk about who might replace Doc now. So, I mean, as much as I love Wes Unsell Jr. here in Denver, um, he did a really good job. He's kind of their defensive coordinator. Denver over the last couple of years has been both really good at defense, like at the beginning of both seasons, and then they kind of trail off. But um, I know it surely helped when Gary Harris came back this this postseason, but you can definitely credit Wes Unsell Jr. for the great defense that they were able to play in the bubble as well. Other names, I think Sam Cassell seems like a viable option. A lot of people seem to like him, as does the big name Ty Lue. I'd be surprised if Ty Lue isn't the one. Yeah, I know Ty Lue is also interviewing for the Houston opening, but um, I mean, have you heard? I haven't heard anything about Dan Tony replacing him, but I don't know why that wouldn't be at least a possibility here. Yeah, um, the other name I heard was Mike Brown, which uh, oof, I, oh I really? Know. I mean. I know people like him, but I feel like he's had his shots at coaching, head coaching. So he's a good assistant. Yeah, good assistant. He's a good yeah. assistant. Yeah, I think I think maybe he should stay an assistant. I think it's Ty Lue. I don't know who makes the most sense. You need a player coach, but Doc was a player coach. Yeah. I've heard that the I've heard that uh, I think Kawhi and Ty Lue get along really well. Kawhi is definitely more important than PG here. And I don't doubt that PG and Ty Lue get along well either. Cause I've, I think Ty Lue's reputation is kind of as a, a player coach, same with Sam Cassell, even though he's never been a head coach. Um, so that'll be interesting. Definitely. That'll probably, I wouldn't be surprised that in Houston are the interesting ones coming up here. Houston search. We'll talk about real quick in our NBA maintenance here, as mentioned, Nuggets assistant coach, Wes Unsell Jr. has interviewed Dallas's Steven Silas was also set to interview with Houston. It was reported on Friday, like I just said, that Ty Lue was set to interview with the Rockets early this week, and other interviews in the near future for the Rockets include current staffer in Houston, John Lucas, and ESPN analyst Jeff Van Gundy. Mm-hmm. 
he has not coached in a while. So I'd be surprised if Jeff Van Gundy leaves the broadcast booth to go back to Houston. Yeah. He's already coached there. I mean, that doesn't matter so much, but uh, I don't know. He was, he was, he was speaking glowingly of, of Russell Westbrook leaving an $8,000 tip for the cleaning staff. <laughs> so uh, I don't know why he wouldn't talk glowingly yeah. about that in general, but maybe he was trying to, trying to butter up Russell Westbrook in Houston. I don't know. Um, Shams reported within the last hour, Ben, that the NBA is allowing teams to begin conducting in-person meetings, you know, medical evaluations, workouts, et cetera, with 2020 draft prospects from October 16th. That's only a few days away through November 16th. The draft is November 18th. So teams can have up to two visits per player and no more than 10 total among all prospects. So you got to be pretty picky with who you're going to be having in. Wow. Uh, if you, especially if you're going to have somebody in for two visits, you better like them. All right. So within 72 hours of prospects visits, all individuals must register a negative coronavirus test. Three NBA team executives will be able, will be allowed per visit with the prospect and the prospect is allowed to bring three individuals with him as well. Family members, agents, etc. cetera. Um, so right on to the next season, screw the Lakers. Here we go. <laughs> 2021 season is about to begin. Uh, any comments on that one, Ben? Pretty straightforward. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I, I'll have to uh, – all I know about this draft is LaMelo Ball, um, who the Bulls, yeah. I'm sure, are going to take it for. Shout out to John. John's excited. Yeah. John's excited. So I have no idea how accurate this story is, Ben, but I really liked seeing this. Uh, you remember Nick, uh, Nikola Pekovic? Oh. Uh, former Minnesota Timberwolf, Mo- Montenegrin basketballer. Yep. Yeah, so big, mean-looking Had, guy, like, right? his tattoo with skulls on it. Like, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember yeah. the exact that With, like, a it. Grim Reaper yeah. and skulls. Yeah, skulls. well, may- may- maybe apropos. I hope I'm using that right. But according to opencourtbasketball.com, I don't know if they're <laughs> reputable at all. Uh, Nikola Pekovic has apparently found success as a mobster and drug lord after his NBA career. I mean, maybe back in Montenegro. Yeah, I don't know. know. When he played, I remember thinking, like, if he killed, like, if he had murdered somebody in his life, like, I probably wouldn't be that surprised. So, uh, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Part of, part of, part of the story was this, too. Apparently, like we've said, he's a pretty scary dude. Zach Levine, when he was, he was drafted by the Wolves, right? Uh, yeah, Levine. he was. He was drafted yeah. there. Uh, he was scared to ask Pekovic for his jersey number when he went to the Timberwolves. Mm. So Zach Levine was scared to even just politely ask this guy for something. Yeah, I'm sure he'd be a great teammate, but uh, you definitely wouldn't want to cross right. him. So this is a this is a pretty good story. Uh, in late August, only about 20% of NBA players who were eligible were registered to vote. Now, as of last week on October 6th, it was reported by the MBPA and Chris Paul that 90% of eligible NBA players are registered to vote. Several teams had 100% of eligible players registered. Wow. Nice. I voted today. You voted two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, get those votes Get out in. the vote. Everybody go vote. So we're going to finish with a little bit of fun here, Ben, as we teased earlier, our top 10 NBA player rankings. We're going to rank our top 10 players in the league. Brought to us by John, of course. Um, he had texted us not too long ago. Jimmy Butler, top 10 player. And we were kind of like, eh, I don't know yeah. about that. You know? But, uh, you know, he 
It's close for me. I'm gonna go through. You want to? I'll go through mine first. I, I think you didn't have as much yeah, time. I would say I think Jimmy's in there for me now. Um, he, I think he proved he's in there. Yeah, I'll tell you, he's close. And and I think what's fun about this is I might put him in there just because of some injuries and also because the for me, I'll tell you how I kind of put this list together. It's obviously like who's the most skilled. But like who's around right now? Recency bias for me matters a lot in this conversation. And I I'm fully aware that like literally picks two through 10 or I listed out 23 people. I won't go through the whole thing, but like at least like two through nine or Mm -hmm. 10 are probably movable depending on like the month that they're having, you know? So, like, some of this is based off the playoffs we just watched, and some of it's just based, since there weren't many teams left at the end, uh, based off of everybody, and they're, they're based off the whole season, I should say. Number one, I already I already spoiled this one. It's LeBron. Okay. Number two, no doubt for me right now, it's Giannis. He's got to have some more postseason success, but right now he's still only 25 years old, two-time uh, MVP, two in a row, third Kawhi. And this, uh, he could have had, actually, he couldn't have had a much better playoffs. He played pretty well other than that in, than in that game seven against the Nuggets. But uh, he also is a track record guy for me. He, I mean, three championships, uh, obviously one of the best in the league. AD, AD is so close to number two here after the run he had in the playoffs. And I don't like saying that because, uh, you know, yeah. I, he's a little, he's a little bit of a ring yeah. chaser for me. Uh, but he could easily be two as well. I'm putting Dame at five. Uh, he doesn't have the playoff success that a lot of these get. Well, Giannis doesn't either. So who mm-hmm. cares? Dame at five. I think out of out of these players, he's one of the ones that I would want on my team the most. So again, another one of the factors I put here is like, who would I actually want on my mm-hmm. team? That's why Paul George. I'll, I won't go into my whole list. Paul George is number twenty-one Ooh. for me. Number six, Adam, I'm Adam putting in this pod. Make yeah. sure he hears oh, this. Oh, I will. I'll at Pat Bev too. I'm not sure Pat Bev's going to back him up anymore. Yeah. You hear about that uh, post post game after game seven? Paul George like gave a speech saying that like we need to stick together and come back here stronger than ever. And everybody was just kind of yeah. rolling their eyes. I heard a lot of eye rolling yeah. from it. Yeah, great story. So number six, I got Nikola Jokic. Yeah. The big yeah. honey. Number seven. Yeah, big honey, baby. Number seven, Luca. Luca is very quickly going to be a top three player in the league. Um, I know that putting him seven might even be a little a little low for him now, especially he played really well in these yeah. playoffs. Though just one round. Yeah, right? yeah just one round. So how good what one uh, question eight. I had about Luca that I just haven't researched much, but my feeling is is that he's kind of not very good on defense. Is that right? No, yeah, I, I don't think he's very good. I think he's one of those guys who I think he's gonna kind of be like Michael Porter Jr., honestly, where like he has the tools. I think his ceiling defensively is like a little above yeah. average, but never great. But if you can have if you can combine slightly above average defense maybe mm-hmm. even better with the offensive games that these kind of guys have that's pretty right. damn good uh i have my next two guys are hurt okay so they were out pretty much all year 
Kevin Durant at eight. And if he returns healthy, he like jumps to number two for me right away. Yeah, probably if he's the same guy, Steph Curry jumps up if he's still healthy. So this is where I put James Harden at 10, Jimmy Butler at 11. And this is kind of where hard. Yeah. I could see this gets hard because I like Jimmy, Jimmy's, you know, nine or 10. If you don't include the yeah. injured guys. So, but that's pretty good. Jimmy at 11, even with like Durant and Curry mm-hmm. ahead of him. But I'm just thinking now, like those two guys are completely healthy now. We'll just have to see how they come back at the beginning yeah. of next year. Yeah, that gets tough. Um, so I left Kyrie out, notable names. Kyrie, Clay Thompson, Ben Simmons, Jason Tatum. He's on the rise. Embiid, Jamal Murray I had at 17. That's yeah. pretty damn good. Yeah, I feel like that top 11 is is the pretty tough ones, right? Is there's there's just yep. like one more spot that's tough to find for them. Um, I'll go through mine kind of off the cuff, not a lot of research into this, but uh, <laughs> I would agree with you on the top three in the order of the top three: LeBron, Giannis, Kawhi. Um, mm-hmm. Number four, uh, if healthy, I'm gonna put Steph. Actually, um, yeah. Damn. I don't know. The way Steph changes games with his ability to spread the floor when he's shooting, I just feel like has kind of changed the game completely. Um, So I would have Steph four. I would have KD, if healthy, five. Um, And then here's where I guess I have the same spot as you, but I jump him over some guys. Maybe a, the hottest take of it is jumping Jokic over AD. Um, that is a hot take. <laughs> that's a bit of a hot take. That's I super just hot. Think Jokic does um, so much more. Um, nightly, nightly basis, he probably does. At least offensively, offensively. for sure. Not going to say he's at all on AD's level defensively. But I feel like what he brings yeah. um, to the team on offense, it's like tough to like see in a box score a lot of times. Um, gets him at six. It I'll go AD sure. seven. Um, oof. Um, this is hard. I I think <laughs> I'm gonna go. Uh, Okay, I'm, I'm just going to do it because um, you know what? This is recency bias, but he just showed us uh, Jimmy Butler. I'm, I'm slotting him in there Ooh. at eight. I'll go with Luca nine. And uh, who, who are my options here? I got Harden and Dame. Oh, Dame, boy. I can't Harden. wait. Wait, wait. I got to redo this. I'm putting <laughs> Dame at uh, eight. I'll put Jimmy Butler at nine. Yeah. And I will put... I, uh, man, um, I think I'll put Harden at 10, um, Luca at 11. Luca's 11. That's dang. This is why this is fun. This is, we can argue, we can argue these all day. I think it gets really tough once you get past those top three names. I feel like those guys have all Uh shown in the last two years why they deserve to be in the top three. Um, but man, after that, yeah. I feel like 
honestly, fourth through eleven could kind of be interchanged fairly easily. So, yeah, and that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of what I was saying too. I, I was saying I guess like two through eleven, but like same deal. It depends on recency bias. It depends on you know, like during the regular season, it's like oh, who's ha- who had a better last yep. two weeks? Yeah, you know. Um, so depends on injury. It depends on everything. That's why these are these are kind of fun things to do. But uh, that's it for us this week, Ben. We're gonna we're gonna hopefully uh, we like to tease on this pod. We're gonna be back in the next week or two. Not sure exactly when. We're gonna do a Denver Nuggets off season preview. Gonna go over some free agency. What kind of? I don't know much about the draft yet, but what kind of player would we like them to see? Uh, to see them add in the draft. I bet we'll get um, into some Vlat Should show, we uh, Conkar talk? Oh, I'm let's sure get into some. Coming, yeah. So. We got to do it. So a uh, little tease for everybody out there. Please give us a follow. Uh, please give us an Aaron oh. follow. Shout out the former Denver Nugget uh, Compton product. UCLA but product. Please give us a follow on. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, please give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Patty Melt Boys on both. Shout out to all of our listeners, especially those international listeners. I saw on our uh, on our uh, analytics, Ben, we got a Serbian listener. I think I know why. All right. So, um, yeah. So we'll be back uh, next week or two weeks. We out. All Go right. vote.